This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you. Our big idea, we can develop resilience. Our promise, we will show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Looking into the future with excitement and hope are the guideposts for season five. Together, we explore observations, trends, and prognostications about the future. With each episode, you learn what fortifies resilience and what the future might hold and reveal. This is a special edition of Hashtag Resilience. We've been working with Burnsville High School in Burnsville, Minnesota, on a project where we have combined the Y Institute's 9Y framework, where we gave to each student uh, their why, their how, and their what, and the Resilience Initiative's 531 plan for fortifying resilience. We worked with uh, Dr. Summers, who is the uh, principal at the school, and the teacher, Emma Gagnon. And together, uh, we gave each student uh, a full version of the Y Institute's uh, algorithm. They completed that. We reviewed that uh, both individually as a team. And we also explored the 531 plan for building resilience which revolves around an inner circle, the communities you belong to, and a core belief. We uh, ran through these two frameworks twice. And in this podcast, there are uh, three student interviews and an interview uh, with uh, Emma Gagnon. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, A key element that we did discover in looking back at this during my conversation with Ms. Gagnon is both the Y framework and the 531 plan provide uh, a unique description of the Y uh, framework gives each student their why, their how, and their what. The 531 plan provides a framework for students to fill in the five people on their inner circle, three communities, and a core belief. So it really provides words and language uh, and structure around challenges that we all have and that our concern for uh, students is significant, wanting to make sure that they feel resilient and know that they're resilient and have some insight into why they are. So I hope you enjoy this. And I am very grateful to all the leadership at Burnsville High. And in fact, the uh, the leadership at District 191. So I hope you enjoy this. These are parts of my interview with Jaden Ellis. Well, good. Well, uh, welcome to Hashtag Resilience. I appreciate your being here. And we want to talk a little bit about the work we did with your why, how, and what, and a little bit about resilience in the 531 plan. So, But I wanted to start with 
is there someone whose resilience you really admire? Um, my uncles, because like as him growing up, he went through a lot of things. And even though he was going through all those things, he still tried to like provide for himself and his family and then like make it to where he had a better life than he did as a child. And like, even though like he'll like, my uncle is the only person in my family that I know that will be sick or like have something wrong with them and still want to go in the work. So, so they can like make the money and like do everything they need to be done. So everything can be straight and not like have to deal with problems. That's a great example of resilience. Could you share his name? Uh, Kelvin Hanna Jr. Kellen Hanyon Jr.? Kelvin Hanna Jr. Kelvin Hanna Jr. Sounds like quite a man. It's nice to have someone to look up to, someone to admire. Uh, how have you helped someone else build their resilience? Um, like my friend Alpha, I've known him since fourth grade. And like he really wasn't into sports because he didn't like like he didn't usually like the contact or like anything that had had to do with like hitting people. But then he got into sports most like mainly football. And like since like me and him are the same age, but he's like a little bit younger than me. And usually whenever we play football, like he's like a lump, like my backup or something like that. He used to get irritated a lot because he didn't like get enough playing time or he didn't like get noticed a lot by the coaches and I had to explain to him. I'm like, okay, you can't just keep complaining over and over again. Cause that's not going to fix it. Just work harder than everybody else that you're trying to like go against for that position. And then it'll prove to the coaches. Okay. He wants it more than this other person. So he's going to get more playing time than he is. Cause he would continuously tell me, Oh, I don't like doing this. I don't like doing that all to just not get playing time. And I'm like, you got to like continue to do it so you can one day get playing time. Cause the more and more you can play in, the more and more you lack off, it's just putting you more like farther back in the line for people in that position to get the playing time that you want. So, yeah. That was really insightful advice. Kind of the, cause it's good to listen to people, but there's also a point where you need to kind of go, you need to quit complaining and you need to put more of your energy into fixing the problem than into telling me about the problem. And some people kind of go 10% should go into identifying the problem and 90% should go into fixing the problem. And that sounds like exactly what you told him, which is tremendous. Uh, that's very insightful. Nice. When you, uh, when you think about resilience, what do you think of? Do you have kind of an example or a thought about resilience and kind of uh, how you basically, build it in your life? Basically, when I think about resilience, I think about like doing what needs to be done and what has to be done, no matter what is going on. Like, like if you don't feel like it, because one thing that I was taught that 90 percent of what you do is actually you going to the place where you need where it needs to be done. It's not actually doing because once you're there, you have to do it. It's mostly just actually getting up, like coming to school. If you don't get up and come to school, then there's no there. You don't learn anything. You don't do it. Everything is more like a major percentage of getting things done is just going there and doing it. No matter how you feel, what the day is, what the weather is, it's just 
getting up to go to that place where you have to do it. Showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell myself, I tell people the hardest thing about working out is putting the shoes on. Yeah. But once the shoes are on, then the workout's going to happen. There's, there's almost nothing that can stop it. But if I don't put the shoes on, what's the other thing I do? I have a little gym in my garage. And if I just raise the garage door, I'll work out. But as long as it's closed, yeah. there's a chance in the back of my head. Um, that's interesting. And you're, what you described, I think, is a great picture of resilience. In the 531 plan, we talk about five people and we talk about three communities. Is there a community outside of school that you feel like is uh, important to you that you uh, helps you maintain a resilient foundation? Uh, football, like other sports that I play, because I keep the same coach year round. Really? So he, yeah, he's like my. He's my football coach, my lifting coach, and my track coach. So he, like, being, like, around him a lot, because, like, since I'm in every sport that he coaches, it helps me, like, stay consistent and, like, keep going. Because, like, he didn't graduate from here. He, he graduated from here in 2015, so he knows everything that needs to be done to get to where he sees that I can go in the future. So he's just helping me be consistent. So, yeah, basically my communities are, like, all the sports that I do. It just keeps me going. It keeps me motivated to just get up and do what I need to do. That's an interesting story, thing about resilience. You mentioned he knows where he thinks you can go. So I'm interested, where does he think you can go? Because um, I certainly he, he said, lots he, of places. Him and my other coach, they both t tell me like a lot. They're like, you have the talent to do to like go to D1 colleges to get scholarships and all that, you just have to put the work in. And, but like my sophomore and freshman year, I was just laid back and lazy. But now that like I have an understanding of, I actually have a chance to make it because they like explained everything to me. Mm. I have, I'm actually like doing what I need to do now. So, yeah. One of the things that is a core element of resilience is momentum. You know, it's easier to keep lifting if you've been lifting. Yeah. Easier. And if you have a picture in your mind, and other people obviously can help put that picture there of where you want to go, that's a powerful thing to have in your day-to-day -day life. Because it's yeah. exactly like you said, because you know where you're going. So. Yeah. Because anybody in the world that talks to you can tell that you're smart. I mean, that's not going to be a question. But the thing that you identified with your uncle, um, that ethic of work and application is what makes the difference for everybody. You know, that's and you've seen it work for him, you know, and that's. Uh, these are parts of my interview with Khalil Jones. But I like to start with kind of a fun question. Is there a question that you've always wanted to be asked? 
what are my interests? Like the things that go through my head. What are your interests? What are the what I find intriguing? Yeah. So what do you find intriguing? I would say I think main thing I find intriguing personally is conspiracy theories. Nice. Is there one that you're learning about now? Actually, I think that's it. Mm -mm. And you know, that matches perfectly with the why of challenge. <laughs> because it, obviously it does. Well, good. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about resilience. So when I say resilience, can you tell me kind of what pops into your mind or kind of a example of resilience or thoughts you have about it? I would say someone who usually like fights back or like someone who's a bit stubborn than usual people. Yep. Which also yeah. which also fits perfectly with the what the why of challenge. Because people with the why of challenge, they like a challenge. True. They like, like it's rewarding. You know, it's a fulfilling interaction. Um, it's a way to make things meaningful. That's really good to know. That's really astute. Good for you. Um, is there someone whose resilience you admire? Hmm. I would say my mom and my friend Olivia. Can you tell me a little bit about Olivia? So, like, what exactly do you want to know about her before? Well, just say anything. Uh, so, if you admire uh, her resilience, an example of resilience that you've seen her exhibit? Well, lots of times, but I have been noticing her grades been slipping, and yet the teachers would be like, she didn't do this or that. Yeah, she would be resilient to fight back and still push herself, staying up day and night just to get her grades up. And I would be like, I don't know how you do that. Wow. Have you, is there, sounds like y'all are friends enough that you could share that you really admire that. Because um, most people like it when, most people when they hear something like, I really admire that, that's a positive feeling. So there's a way to do that. That would be nice. Um, how have you helped someone else build or fortify their resilience? Um, I would say an old friend of mine, her name is Jasmine. She used to go to the school until she got taken out for some reason. She used to have a lot of, I'm going to say, mental capabilities, and that would usually bring her down a lot. So usually I would either be helping her out with assignments. Whenever she would be feeling down, I would be, you know, the person she could come to and talk to, you know, share whatever she needs. And whenever she usually had a mental breakdown, she requested me. So I would say for a majority. Sounds like y'all like really have a connection, you know, and sometimes those are uh, a little mysterious, you know, that we 
connect with some people and we don't ever really know why, but we're sure that we do. So it sounds like that was the case with Jasmine. Well, uh, I admire that you were able to connect with her and be supportive of her in what sounds like a difficult time. Um, so we talked a little bit about the 531 plan, where there are five people in your inner circle. There are three people, there are three communities and a core belief. Is there a community that you belong to outside of school that's meaningful to you in terms of kind of supporting your uh, resilient foundation? No, not that I know of. Huh. So are there any communities that you participate in or is it kind of school and going home? School and going home. Wow. Well, one of the things that I would want to share with you is that there's when you find a community that seems attractive to you, know that it's beneficial to them when you're part of their community. So you really have something to add. And when that happens, almost all the time, there's a real benefit to you. And I kind of think that belonging to three communities really uh, is helpful in my feeling supportive and supported. So are there, do you have kind of a few people that you're very close to? Like five people yeah. inner circle? Good. I bet that's, do you feel like you get some support there? If I'm being honest, no, not really. Not like that. Hmm. Sounds like you're making a lot of headway in a pretty independent fashion. Uh, that's really admirable. That's not the easiest way. That's often the way a person with the why of challenge sets out. But um, you have a you have a lot to offer, and uh, it sounds like you find ways to connect with people individually, which is really admirable. Both uh, Olivia and Jasmine are kind of good examples. Um, so if your why, how, and what are challenge, simplify, and contribute, can you think of a, a project that would incorporate all three of those? Wait, repeat the question. So your why is to challenge. How you bring that to life is simplifying things. And what people count on you for is to contribute to the greater good. So like one example would be if you figured out a different way to do something that was successful and then you were able to break it down into a way that was easy to explain to others and that helped everyone, that would be kind of a, a 30,000 foot example of those three kind of in concert working together. Does an example come to mind or thought about that? No. no. Okay. Well, gosh, Gil, thanks for being on the podcast and talking to me. These are parts of my interview with Jaden Colosso.
I like to start with kind of two fun questions. First, is there a question that you've always wanted to be asked? We can start there. That's a great question that I have never heard before. Give me one second, I think. Sure. While you're doing that, if if there's a question that you want to ask me, you can ask me, mm-hmm. and then I can answer that, and then you can think about the question you want to be asked. All right. Uh, what is it like going through the college process? This is kind of off topic from everything, but... No, that's uh, that's a really good question, and it it has a lot to do with resilience and building a resilient foundation. So the hardest way to get into college and to graduate from college is to do it by yourself and not get any help. That's the absolute hardest way, both to get in and to have a successful collegiate career, which is the entire idea. However, there are a lot of people that want to help. And at what what grade are you in? Are you a? I'm, I'm a junior. Perfect. So you're that's top of mind stuff. Um, I think building a community. If you think about the five three one plan, you could have five. You could make a team for college success. I'm sure Burnsville has a college counselor. If you got in Mm -hmm. touch with two colleges that you had some interest in, they have people there that want to help people successfully apply. Um, And it's good to know. So this is also my experience. And it was my experience watching my children who are now 28 and 25. Um, it's good to know your story. It's good to know what story you want to tell to the colleges. So they're going to want to know how you did at school as a student, because you're going to go to their school and be a student. So showing, displaying that you can be a successful student and understanding, and this is almost more important, understanding what you need in terms of kind of support and environment to be successful is really important. But when you meet with these people, you'll have a great story to tell them. And it's it's just good to know your own story and kind of people in your life can help you do that. When you think about resilience, what kind of pops into your head? It can be kind of a definition or an example or a thought. Uh, probably my dad. I don't know. He he tells me stories. My mom tells me stories. They grew up in Chicago in the nineties, so it was uh, it was not a good time, but. Mm-hmm. They made it out. They made it made it to Minnesota. So I would have to say my dad, definitely, and my mom. Like they've been, they've been through a lot of hard times alone and together. And so 
they're they're here. They made it. So they're people whose resilience you admire. Mm-hmm. When you, if you were going to define resilience for us, what would you? How would you define it? Uh, being able to achieve a goal and not only achieving it, but maybe doing better, or maybe you just barely made it. But as long as you had a goal set and you were able to make it, no matter if it was just making your bed, that showing resilience to give up, I would say. Yep, a friend of mine calls that stay power. Just the the willingness to kind of stay at it. You know, that it's and I in my work with resilience, it's not so much about being on the cover of Time magazine. It's about how do we build resilience in our day-to-day lives? You know, and for me, that's connecting with people in communities, but it's doing the things on a consistent basis, kind of almost, it's not that the results are irrelevant, but what you described is what I believe the effort each day is what at the end is impactful and helps me build a rich, full life. Nice. How have you helped someone else build resilience? Um, I would have to say my cousin, because he was in, not in the best of mental states, uh, mm-hmm. last year. And I was like, yo, you should come over for like a couple of days since it's summer. And then he ended up staying till all the way till the end of summer. And wow, I just saw by, by the end of it, he was much more happy. He was less stressed out. And, uh, he used to get a lot of headaches when he would come over because he it, it was from stress. He was like super stressed out. So he would get headaches all the time. And then by the end of it, he would get headaches, but it wasn't as much. It was less free, uh, frequent. And I'm like, all you have to do is try and be less stressed out. Keep on going. And I gave him some more advice uh, the, other, the other day when he was over at my house. So uh, we always kind of help each other. Uh, building our resilience and confidence and help each other everywhere. That's a great example. And that's a good example of both having someone in our inner circle that we connect in, that they can depend on you and you can depend on them. Is there, that's such a good example. Um, Is there a community that you belong to, that you feel like you bring something to and that you get something from? It helps kind of support you in building the life that you want. I have to definitely say my coaches. Uh, though it's not a football season or wrestling season, I we we are all in the same school, so I talk to them a lot. So uh, one day when I was like slipping for a week, I I was sick the entire week, so I didn't come. And then the following week, my coach. I saw him, he was talking to me, and he said, hey, I got an email from your teacher. You weren't at school. You weren't in class all last week. I was like, I was sick. I need to go tell her that, yeah. 
But he was like, he was on it. He was ready. He wasn't just trying to <clears throat> berate me or he he asked me a question. He said, why weren't you uh, in class? I, I told him. And he helps me build confidence. Nice. Uh, he helps me stay on a straight path. Obviously, not everybody can be on a straight path on all alone. You know, everybody can't do it themselves. So, uh, I will have to say I'm doing about forty percent of the work. Everybody else is just helping me uh, get up there. I want to obviously pick up more of my own load, but for now, uh, I know what I can do. My coaches know what I can do in there obviously gonna help me strive to do everything on my own but hopefully i never have to that's such a good example because i think it's so easy to get the idea in our head that i have to do everything alone which is never true there's i always have a part but i'm i'm never alone so and it's so what you described reminded me of times where I knew that people cared. You know, they were asking about your attendance because they care about you. And they, if someone's not at school that's supposed to be at school, it's also kind of nice. This sounds a little silly. It's nice when people notice. You know, in some ways, that's kind of a really kind question when they notice that you weren't there. Um, so your why, how, and what is challenge, clarify, and contribute. So the short version is you like to think of different ways to do things, but you like for things to be very clear. And what people count on you is to contribute to a, a greater, the greater good. Can you think of kind of an example of that happening in your life? Uh, yeah. Um, the other day, you remember when there was a whole bunch of snow down here? I don't know if you heard. Yeah. But out of nowhere, we just got a whole bunch of snow. So uh, the snow plows were coming by, and they had tr kind of trapped my mom with this huge, like, three-foot bank. So me and my cousin came out, and we had to shovel her out. Uh, we were trying to think of ways to do it, and I just kept I I kept on coming up with plans. I was like, "All right, so I'll use this shovel. You use that shovel. I shovel it here. You're gonna shovel it back, so my so mom can pull out, and we're gonna get this, but we don't have to get this certain piece because that's we mom isn't gonna go over there, so we don't have to shovel that. We just have to get back here and put it up there." And so we kept on uh, adjusting to adjusting how we're going to do it for whatever, you know. That's a great example. So you found a different way to do it. You got mm -hmm. clear with the other people about what was going to happen. And it helped some somebody else, your mom in this case. That's a really good example. Well, gosh, Jaden, thank you very much. These are parts of my interview with J.R. Camacho. So I like to start with a question. Uh, is there a question that you've always wanted to be asked? 
Um, yeah. Like, did you, um, what do you, what would you do if you saw your future self? Um, okay. So be, what would you do if you saw your future self? That sounds like, a, that's a great question. Yeah. So what would you do? Um, that's like a thing that nobody can answer because they don't know the future. Um, and that it hasn't came yet. So really anything that I think of could be wrong and I could be shocked of what I would be or what I would be in the future. So that's just one thing. Like I can't think of any outcomes or possibilities of how it would end up because it's all, it all differs, you know? Yeah. It might be another interesting question was if you saw your future self, what would you want him to tell you? Cause he would know. Yeah, of course. Look out that the girl in the green dress. You know? <laughs> of course. Interesting. Well, let's talk a little bit about resilience and a little bit about your why, how, and what. And your why, how, and what, your why is trust. Your how is make sense kind of challenging and complex things. And what people count on you is mastery over specific areas of knowledge. Learning right. at a great depth. So trust makes sense, mastery. But I want to start out with, you know, when you think of resilience, what do you think of? What pops into your mind? Either kind of an example or. Um, something or someone that gets back, whether taken down or um, just, you know, someone who's been who's fallen comes right back up. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great example. I think a lot about just someone who can continue to move forward, you know, that they, mm. if they don't get knocked down, they keep moving forward. If they get knocked down, they get back up and they keep moving forward. You know, they, they keep going to Olympic weightlifting practice, good days and bad. Yeah. Um, so is there someone whose resilience that you really admire? Um, so since resilience comes as a personal thing, because I say that only that everybody's going through something and not everybody tells you what they go through. So, but I'd have to look at my mom for an example. Mm. She's gone up after finance issues, after you know, struggling with her own things and she's still taking care of me, you know, paying for bills, giving me something to eat. So I'd have to see my mom. Wow. Yeah. So often it's a truly kind of admirable person, you know, just that yeah. keeps, keeps doing it. And, you know, you're in her inner circle, you know, so y'all, yeah. y'all are, you know, part of each other's lives in a, the most significant way. Um, is there someone that you've helped build their resilience? 
yeah, there's a ton. Um, mm. But she just caught from. Um, I'd have to say just some of my friends through weightlifting, um, through school, of course, um, they'll ask me for advice or words of encouragement and of the best of um and all my power of what i can give i tell them i'm like well what's up what are you going through and i'm just saying like well for an example someone's like yeah i mean my grandpa just died and i was so close to him i tell them like um something like well don't give up now because look how far you came you know yeah far enough just quit already you're you're in a good path um giving up isn't really an option at all so just keep moving forward it's all past us um something of words that give them that um like wind up that's interesting you indicated that that was a common uh element in your life and people with the why of trust are really powerful at developing and maintaining relationships so mm. i'm not surprised that that was a an answer and an easy answer for you right so you know your why your how and your what so as a trust makes sense mastery person is there a way that you like to be led or managed or taught or is there a way that you like to lead or manage or teach yeah um obviously being led um i can't be i can't be taught i don't want to be talked down on someone higher up than me i like things that are in order not unorganized yet laid back um a good environment obviously gets it going um fast and slow pace could be required um but overall, I just don't want it to be an unstable area. Um, but, and that too leads in where, what I would lead into, you know, I would be, um, I would want to be, of course, kind, um, cool my anger, whether um, anything happens, whether my phone drops or someone bumps into me and I drop my lunch, maybe um, I keep calm in those criterias because um, kindness, you know, just kill them with kindness or something. Um, other than that, um, I just believe that if you get through people with the way that they want to be treated or treat people how you want it to be treated, um, it just gives an idea of um, how good the, um, the leading it led to will be. An interesting distinction in the why the work I do with why, how, and what we talk about the platinum rule, which is the golden rule is I treat you the way I want to be treated, yeah, which is okay. But the platinum rule is I try to treat you the way you'd like to be treated, which is okay. really ups the game on. And to do that, you have to know people. You have to <clears throat> you have to get them. You know, you have to be observant, but you also have to do a good job listening 
And I bet with the why of trust and then uh, as a make sense mastery person, you're pretty skillful at that. Um, mm-hmm. Can you think of a, a project that you were involved in where your kind of why, how, and what? So kind of developing relationships, figuring out something complicated and people counting on you for a significant level and depth of knowledge happened? Does anything come to mind, a memory that like that? Probably, yeah. I mean, you could say just um, like romantic relationships, something where people would love to see me in that, like happy and stuff. Um, Of course, this is high school, so there's really no point in getting into a relationship. Um, But that's all I can think about right now. Oh, well, that's a relationships are a real part of life. So I think, you know, getting getting better at them and learning about them and getting some experience as a winner. Um, in our 531 plan, we talk about five people in your inner circle or three communities or a core belief. Is there a community that you belong to that you feel like you're able to give something to, and that you also feel like you get something from? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm part of a youth organization called Treehouse, um, and it's involved everywhere, yet it's, um, to say the least, it's a support group amongst teens, and the mod- the motto of it is just to end hopelessness among teens. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I'm very involved in it. Um, I have mentors, I have friends from Treehouse, all sorts of people. Um, So I'd say I belong to really that. Do you have any thoughts about kind of the project that we've been working on with the Resilience Initiative uh, as we wrap up? Um, No thoughts. Um, Only mainly because I was actually put in the the period or the classroom um, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. So of learning about um, the resilience, why, how, what. Um, I was fairly new, so um, I wouldn't be able to give any thoughts at the moment only because I am not well-versed in it, in a sense. So, yeah. I'll just end with, that sounds like something that someone with a why of trust and who has mastery as what people count on would feel like because they'd want to develop that relationship first and they'd want to understand Mm -hmm. it significantly more depth. So, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate getting to know you a little bit more and I, I really am excited about, uh, what you're doing with your life. And if there's ever a way that I can be helpful or supportive, know that I'd like to be. These are parts of my interview with Emma Ganyan. Well, welcome to Hashtag Resilience. Uh, We're joined by Emma Ganyan, who uh, has been leading in the classroom our project on the why and our 531 resilience plan. So I first want to say welcome to Hashtag Resilience. Emma, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. 
So if you could talk a little bit about the project from your perspective and, you know, if you can remember kind of what did you think at the beginning and now that we're at the kind of the capstone element of the project, what do you think now? Sure. Um, so at the beginning, I heard about the, the, all this whole project from Dr. Summers and he told me a little bit about it. Um, and it sounded really interesting. So I figured we would give it a shot. Um, but I didn't know how thorough it was all going to be because I heard a little bit why I thought that that was interesting. Um, think about you know, that motivation behind, you know, why do we do what we do? Um, and I was excited to see everyone's results. Um, but I didn't, I didn't connect, you know, all of the resilience aspects until the end of the project. And I think the piece that I was excited about in the beginning was just that understanding yourself, um, and understanding each other, but then all of the connections that you helped us make to resilience, I thought that that was really impactful. Um, so that was really interesting to go through with students and to see for them and to see for myself, you know, how the, the why, how, and what, and then the five, three, one all fit in with that whole idea of resilience. Um, so yeah, it was, I had kind of a, I was interested from the start, but I, I didn't realize how broad the project was going to be. And so that was really exciting. Nice. So now that we're uh, wrapping it up, uh, and this is kind of the podcast is our kind of capstone event for the school and the students, any takeaways or in, anything uh, top of mind about yeah. thoughts about the project? But I liked how the project helped put it all into words, mm. you know, and to think about how are we as individuals resilient and how do we maximize that? You know, how do we set ourselves up for success in a way that fits with who we are? You know, so thinking about the five, three, one, how do we how do we set up an inner circle that's really supportive for us? How do we find communities and develop core beliefs that are going to going to maximize our resilience? Um, and then how do we do it in a way that fits in with our why, what, and how for us personally? Um, I thought that that just having language to surround some of that because a lot of my students have overcome really big challenges in their lives. And for them to be able to look at maybe why they did what they did or, you know, how they might handle a challenge. I think that that gave language to a lot of, you know, these abilities that they already have, but then they can, it just shed some light on that. Yeah, I really like that focus on kind of putting it into words about providing some language because the entire why framework, a core element is it provides language 
for things we knew, but really had a challenge expressing. And the thing I like about the 531 plan is it's not a revolutionary plan in terms of brand new ideas, but yeah, it is really helpful to just have a framework. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that does make sense. Five people that I support and I know that support me would create a more resilient foundation. Uh, yeah. You know, belonging to and participating in communities would really add some depth to that. Um, and I was struck by at least the students I talked to, their being kind of at the beginning of understanding what communities are, how to participate in them, locating them, knowing about them. Uh, so I thought, well, gosh, they certainly know a lot more now than they did before, which I always think is good. Um, mm-hmm. So what did you learn about resilience, both in general and for yourself? Yeah, I think one of the big takeaways that I had was that, you know, it's it's so different for everyone, you know, with looking at each individual, why, how, and what is a lot of what's behind resilience is so different for all of us. And so then building that up, you know, looks different for everyone. And so for me, I, I thought that my why, how, and what they were really accurate. And, you know, like we were saying, gave this language to, you know, why I do certain things or how I like to contribute, you know, what I'm trying to do. And so I think that that kind of having that background knowledge can help guide future resilience. And then in, you know, tough situations, kind of thinking about those things and then building on them to be more resilient was, that was really that was really impactful for me, um, you know, just as an individual, even separate from my students. And I hope that they had a similar takeaway. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. You know, the idea that when we're, let's call it our zone of genius, where we're in our why and our how and our what, and those are kind of uh, active in what we're doing. That creates an inherently more resilient state because we're not exhausted because we're excited you know we're invigorated and that's just a better place to be and you know if you know about it we can adjust our lives so it has a chance to happen more often and easily that is really helpful well as you looked at your class was there anything that you noticed in terms of kind of uh, growth that you saw with your class or uh, thoughts about resilience and your students? I think they had some really good takeaways um, with when we were going through the 531 about that inner circle. And, you know, a lot of times with our, our inner circle, 
can be based on you know proximity who what who's near you who's in your classes who goes to your school who's in your family and so then they had some some really good insight about building that as they as they get older and you know figuring out who is really going to be supportive how am i best setting myself up so that i can be resilient and, and you know as they go off into the world beyond high school you know how do you how do you build that inner circle and then how do you find those communities and i think like you were saying some of them are at that beginning stage of identifying some of that stuff and so that was really interesting to see um you know just them thinking beyond high school you know and kind of what what those communities could look like in the future what that inner circle could look like and then how some of those things could be based on that core belief yep i i hope that the stu- uh the students uh found our work together beneficial but you know lots of times you don't know till later um but i do mm-hmm. think that you know an idea like community being introduced doesn't necessarily mean that tomorrow all the kids will go belong to three communities. But, right. But what it does mean is that different junctures in their future, they'll have opportunities to participate in communities and they'll go in with a little bit more information and a little, you know, having thought about it a little and that can make the difference between someone joining the chess club or not. Someone deciding they want to participate in uh, uh, a group that provides support. I was specifically impressed with there's a group called Treehouse mm-hmm. that uh, one of the students has found tremendously helpful. So I thought that was uh, was nice to uh talk about that and kind of go, this is a really good example. And you can have more of that in your life as, as you'd like. Well, we're at the end of our time and I just want to say how grateful I am for your help. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add as we're kind of on our way out the door? No, just a, a big thank you for going through this project with us. It's been really impactful for me and I have you know already seen growth with the students and I'm excited to see how it continues to impact our classroom and and their lives. Well, thank you very much. And at the end, we say goodbye, listeners. So goodbye, listeners. Bye, listeners. Thank you for joining Hashtag Resilience. Please reach out to me with questions and subscribe, leave a review so that we can help fortify your resilience moving forward. Go to hashtagresilience.com to learn more. Links and details are in the episode notes. Spread the word.